You're listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Spinning the wheels. Welcome into Spinning the Wheels here on Sports Radio Detroit. I'm Jason Pinkham, and I'm here today with the goalie man, Justin Freebaron, and we're here to do our first official in-season Spinning the Wheels show about the Detroit Red Wings, and one of us watches the preseason. Uh, but before I get started, Justin, how are you? Uh, doing well, man. Uh, actually, it, this is great, man. Hockey's back. Uh, it's actually still 80-plus 80, 80 degrees here in Indianapolis. I mean, this is ridiculous. But uh, the main thing is that... Hockey's back, and I'm just, I can't wait to watch the Red Wings lose. Lose for Hughes, baby. <laughs> lose 50 games this year. Oh, uh, I hope so. And they're off to a good start going 0-0-1 uh, through their one game that has happened since the season started in this recording. Uh, but before we get into the, that game, I, I actually kind of just want to spend a big chunk of this show with you giving me, because, you know, with my schedule, I work afternoons. I work 4 p.m. to 2.30 a.m., I don't get the chance to see a lot of these games, especially the preseason. Like they're not as readily available. I can tune into a game on Fox Sports Go. I watched a lot of the first season game, but I rely on you know rely on my co-hosts for stuff like this. And Justin was very actively tweeting about the preseason, and I'm guessing you got to catch more than one game. So I was kind of curious what your uh, what your takes were, and then we can discuss you know some of the more important, more relevant ones in regards to what's going to go, what's going to change with this team going forward. Well, uh, as a fan of this team, I watched uh, I watched the training camp and I watched uh, well, not the training camp, the uh, the the prospect tournament, and I also watched the, most of the preseason. And let me tell you guys, uh, you you we've got a lot of good things to look forward to in the next couple of years. I can tell you that. I mean, there's a lot of guys who impressed me. Um, I was impressed by Valeno a lot. I was impressed by Giovanni Smith a lot. Um, Zadina was hit or miss, which is strange, but um, uh, Rasmussen looked pretty good on the power play. Um, you know the the Caden Fulcher kid, the the goalie, he looked pretty good. Um, and then obviously they have their 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 players who are already in college; they didn't get to participate in any of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, looking moving forward, man, this team this team has a lot of potential, and it's going to. It's just you got. I mean, you got to take the bumps. I mean, you know the the game the game on Thursday uh, against Columbus was they just looked they looked awful. I mean, it was it was atrocious. Well, let's talk more about the preseason. My question to you is, you know, as someone who's watched, like, it's not like you have no experience watching players come from, uh, you know, potential to all stars, guys like Datsuka Zetterberg when we were growing up, and you know, watching them blossom from just guys who were third liners to, you know, premier league players. Do you see anybody with that kind of build, like somebody who can, you know, be a leader on this team and not just a collection of guys? It's really, it, I mean, it's really hard to say, man. I mean, think about it, dude. When, when Datsuk started, he got to play with, a, he got to play on a line with Brett Hall. And yeah. then <laughs> I, mean, I, 
I mean, when when Zetterberg came into the league, he got to play on a line with 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 Datsuk and Hull. Yeah. I mean, like it. It's like it's hard to be able to see that kind of you know, and and the game has changed a lot too. But um, like I said, I came away really impressed with Joe Valeno. I mean, that guy, he's fast. He's already got a two-way game going. He he can he can handle the puck in space. And I like I said, I liked him. He looked better than Zadina. Period. Like in in the prospects tournament, and or yeah, in the tournament and in the preseason, he looked better than Zadina. And they're just like, yeah, go ahead, uh, just go ahead and go back to juniors. And it's like I would have given him a shot, but I mean, I don't get to make those decisions. But uh, you know, give him his nine games, then send him back to juniors, give him a little taste of it, keep him motivated. You know, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, my my bright spot is is Valeno, and I really like Giovanni Smith. He plays a good hard, you know, hard nosed game, and he's got he's actually got better hands than people would think. So, uh, you know, those are those are my two biggest guys that I they're the two two best guys that I saw with you know personally. And then obviously the defense, you've got Sulak, you've got uh, Ronick, and you got um, uh, Chalowski, who Chalowski looked outstanding. So. Um, yeah, that's just that's just my quick take. Okay, I got a question in regards to Giovanni Smith. We've been hearing about Giovanni Smith for probably two or three years now. Like it, it always seems like from the moment he was drafted, it always seemed like he was gonna be the next big thing, and it it never seems to come to fruition. Either he lets his temper get the best of him, and he you know loses it down in Grand Rapids, or you know when he does get up here, he doesn't do much when he's actually in the NHL. Like, d- d- is there something you're seeing this preseason that looks different from seasons past that makes you think he might actually make the jump? Actually, I don't want to. I don't want to correct you and make you sound like a fool. But uh, they only drafted him in the second round, in 2016. So he's only like so 20 or 21. This, this will be the third year. So this, well, this is the third year. But yeah, I mean, I've heard. He I'm not talking about year, like. No, no, I'm, he not, had two I'm years just of, saying we've heard about him. That's what I'm yeah, saying. yeah, no, he had two years of junior eligibility. So I don't even yeah. think he's played AHL yet, to be honest with you. Okay. So, um, but that aside, like I said, not trying to, you know, I just want to make sure the the the. the the listener knows what's going on. No, but I remember him having a temper issue last year, if I'm not mistaken. Well, okay, and I don't want to be racist, but he's black. You know what he's got to deal with? I mean, oh I, yeah, it is a lot of pressure. You know what I'm pressure. saying? Like he's got. Uh, I even I read an article. I didn't. I mean, basically somewhere along the lines of he was he gets like heckled constantly when he was yeah. playing in like the OHL or I think it was the O. Might have been the W. But uh, well, yeah, the same thing um, happened to a. Uh, uh, Oh, I can't remember his name now. He plays for Philly. Uh, Wayne Simmons. Yeah, Wayne Simmons had the same. He had like a banana peel thrown on the ice when he was playing in Boston a couple years back. So it's always going to be prevalent. Oh, I mean, and it's, I mean, that's why, I mean, and it sounds so horrible to say, but that's why most, I mean, 98% of black people who play the game are essentially goons because they've got to defend themselves like crazy. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a real issue, but I mean, it seems like, you know, it seems like he's a very Wayne Simmons type player. He can he can play, he can shoot, he can score. He's got a little bit of hands. I mean, I'd say that's the ceiling for this kid. And it's I mean, if Wayne Simmons is the ceiling for Giovanni Smith, would you take Wayne Simmons on the Red Wings? I mean, in say 2016 when they made the playoffs. Absolutely, I would actually yeah. take him now because if 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 he can if if this 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 obvious you know heckling and race related issues are a problem, I, I would hope that. Uh, number one, I would hope it's not that bad for him. I hope that they that that these people go easy on him if they exist, or you know, because I haven't personally seen it. But I would right. also hope number two that he gets exposed to it as much as possible to 
if anything, get a thick skin to it. Because if it's that bad, you probably have to build a tolerance to it in order to not snap constantly. I mean, I know I would snap constantly. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't I want hope to Detroit start, would be better than that being that. It's yeah, Detroit. I don't want I don't want to start on another topic, you know, of racism and living, you know. No, no, no. I, I don't mean to go down that path, but I'm talking living about life as his, a white person. You know, I can't no, imagine what it's like to his, be black, you know. So. I'm just talking about his ability to if that exists to overcome that and still put forth the, you know, a great player that merits a contract, merits a, a chance in this league. And I haven't seen him play personally. So I'm asking, like. Do you think he can overcome that? And do you think he has that ability to warrant that? Um, well, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch a whole lot of player interviews and videos and such like that. So I've never heard him speak. I don't know. I'm just talking about know. on ice. No, no, no. I don't mean, I mean, but you can't just gather that from on ice. I mean, you, oh, you know, you have to hear, a, you know, you have to hear an interview to see whether a player, you know, to get more out of him. But I mean, on the ice, I mean, he looks like a good player and he looks like, you know, he's, He's getting there, so um, he's he's got the talent, and he's just got to put it all together. And you know, I would you know I would expect to see him, you know, compete for a job next year with Valeno, and hopefully, if Zanina you know picks it up in the AHL, I would expect to see all three of them in the NHL next year. But let's talk about somebody that uh, you mentioned and that actually scored in the first game. Uh, a guy that seems to be you know it, ho- hopefully a ray of light. On this team, Dennis Chalowski, uh, first-round pick, 20th overall in the 2016 draft, uh, scored his first NHL goal on Thursday night uh, on a beautiful uh, 100% scripted play, by the way. There was a couple people I saw on Twitter that were like, oh, my God, how did Larkin with eyes on the back of his head? Like, that's a 100% a drawn-up play. The the pass from the corner to the center where the defense was waiting for an easy tap-in. You know, it's just a matter of execution and if the pass is properly pulled up. I was more impressed by his ability to pull off the pass and Cholowski's finish than I was like, how did he find that player? Like, did you, did you see that reaction at all too? Uh, I didn't see the reaction, but no, I mean, I watched it. I saw it. It was a, I mean, it was a good play, good heads up play. I mean, I saw him turn around, look to that open spot and Cholowski, yeah, presence of mind to find the open ice and get and get ready for it. And obviously to Larkin for putting the, pa- the pass right on his tape. So, you know, that was uh that was a good play, but I mean, Chalowski uh, led the WHL defenseman in scoring last year. So, or yeah, last year. So um, it's, I mean, it only makes sense that this was his next progression. I mean, worst case scenario, he was first pair in the AHL, but I mean, he definitely played himself a spot on this roster and, you know, I couldn't be more thrilled about it. I mean, we'd like to have, you know, Hronik with a right-hand shot, you know, make the roster and, you know, cause this team needs more right-hand shots, but Chalowski absolutely played his way above Hronik, so so do you um, think uh when the when the send downs come for uh Cronwall and Green coming back and Erickson do you think do you think Chalowski makes the cut oh Chalowski stays I think he's staying yep and I you think, think even with the, the way this team manages their roster you think he'll stay oh yeah I think I think Chalowski stays because he was uh, he was the first two that were announced as the as made the roster so it was Rasmussen and Cholowski 100% made the roster, and then everybody else was like a waiting game for the injuries. So Hronik, Hicketts, and uh, Sulak are all here because of the injuries. So, I mean, if one of those guys distinguishes themselves in the next couple games, you know, as deserves 100% needs to be on the roster, then, you know, 
then they might keep one of those guys. But I would imagine that they send all three of those guys back down. Because AHL, I mean, I've followed. I mean, I haven't followed it, but I, I've I've seen on Twitter the the Griffins are aren't doing so hot defensively so far this year. So they need they definitely need some help down there. So I can't imagine. I'm not worried keep, about what the Griffins do. Well, no, no, no. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that the Red Wings aren't going to keep them up. They're they're not going to keep them in the NHL to play. You know, once every third game or be a spell for Cronwall. They might keep one of the three, if anything. So, yeah, hopefully, Luke Witkowski also goes back down. Uh, I, he already, he's already cleared waivers. So like they're good to send. I mean, he's good to go. Like, yeah, he's trash. Um, okay. So speaking on Chalowski, do you think he will, uh, maintain after, so after these guys do come back, cause it's not long that they're all out. This is all just preseason and then just age, just wearing on them. They always, this seems to happen every year. Uh, the important question though, going forward in regards to development and you know, what happens next in regards to the youth is Cholowski going to maintain this like 20 minutes of ice time a night when those guys come back, those those high-salary guys that, you know, demand ice time? Do you think he'll still be able to maintain that kind of number? Uh, I mean, knowing this coaching staff, I mean, come on. He had Glenn Denning out and he had Glenn Denning on the ice with Mantha instead. Or was it Mantha? Or it was, I don't know. He had Glenn Denning on the ice instead of, instead of Athanasiu. So I, it would not surprise me in the least to see his ice time drop to 14, 15 minutes a night and be on the third pair. You know, unless he keeps doing what he's doing. I mean, you know, he's really good at watching him in preseason. He's really good on the power play, getting shots through to the net. I mean, you know, this team has had just been atrocious on the power play. And that might be the bulk of his time, you know, and then some third pair, you know, more sheltered minutes. Unless, like I said, while the injuries are happening and he keeps playing 20 minutes and keeps excelling, then they might keep him, you know, they might put him on the top pair. It might, I mean, that's entirely a possibility, but, or at least the second pair. Um, but, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll run the power play because he's, I mean, he's just got a knack for putting the puck on net. And most, I mean, you see, you've seen, you know, every Red Wings defenseman for the past two years just can't. Well, okay. So, so now I know my answer to this question, but I would ask you anyways, does he what he's shown in, in the the minute samples we've had so far from that do you see a top six defenseman a top four defenseman a top two defenseman uh where do you see him measuring up on this roster in the coming years because for me and I'll, I'll give you mine before because I've been leaning on you a little bit here for me just from what I've seen from the the speed the hands the the execution and in just his presence of mind. I, I see a top four defenseman. I'm not saying he's not the next coming of Nick Lidstrom, but you know, you could see him in the same vein of like a Rafalski, you know, a guy putting up 50, 55 a year. Some at that point in most of it being assists, you know, being like 13 goals, 40 assists somewhere in that territory at some point, probably in the 2023 territory, give or take. But that's just my feeling based on one game and then a little few samples of preseason. So it's, the hottest of takes, but you have a lot more experience with him than I do. So, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, you got to remember, Rafalski, his fifty-five points a year were carried by Lidstrom. I mean, come, you had he was Rafalski, doing, but he was no, he was doing that when he was in New Jersey. Was he though? Yeah, he was putting up like 40, 50 points a year. That's why they signed him all that money. I mean, all right, it's again, it's a it's a it's a much different game now than it was then. I mean. It's hard to say, but I, I, I think uh, personally, 
I think he's got top two potential, but he could. I, I think I think you're right. I think he settles into a top four role, but um, he could definitely easily elevate his play and become that uh, become that top tier defenseman. So that's just that's just what I see. I mean, he makes good decisions on the ice. Um, you know, he's young. He's going to make mistakes. You know, hell, even, you know, if you looked, if you watched the Red Wings last year, everybody made mistakes from top to bottom. The veterans, the, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But, I mean, he'll learn coach, and he'll get better. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think Chalowski definitely has, I think he's definitely got top two potential. Um, and, I mean, if you play your, in, in your very first game, the coach trusts you to play 20 minutes regardless of the injury situation, you know, I think, I think he's got, I think he's got the potential there. So yeah. Cause he could have just paired up daily with uh to Kaiser and just been minutes eaters if he really wanted to, but he didn't. And I think that that, I think that speaks to oh, what, daily would have died on the ice. If that would have happened though, well, daily did play 23 minutes. I mean, he's, it's not like he's not playing minutes. Like he's eating up. He's got the second most minutes of the team besides the Kaiser. So daily was getting time, but it's just, well, well, it right, could have but been twenty seven. But, but Daly's not Ryan Suter. He's not going to play thirty eight minutes and be fine. I know. Not many people are, <laughs> other than like Drew Doughty and Victor Hedman. But the point is, is that Chalowski was given the chance and he he accelerated or he uh, succeeded. And I really hope that this is a sign of things to come. Let's let's speak more on the uh, a, a player that you've had nothing but negative things to say about, and somebody that I've seen this year to be. Again, we're only one game in, so this is again just all hot takes, but. The biggest letdown so far for me is Glenn Denning. Minus two on the game. He had no shots. He's not winning faceoffs. He's not doing anything. What what happened to him that he I mean, he, he was never a great player, but he was never an embarrassment. And that's what I feel like he is now. Like when it's like like at least because I remember, you know, a couple years ago when Glenn Denning would come out in overtime in your mind and you would say this audibly when we'd be watching games, you'd be like, well, at least they're going to win the faceoff, you know, because that's what he was good for. He was good for zoning out players, winning faceoffs, and being really annoying to the other team. Now, it's as if he's a ghost of what little he had, and it seems like that contract is looking worse and worse every day to me. I mean, I don't, I dude, it's a it's a one point eight million dollar contract. I could I could give a, I could care less honestly, but I, when I saw him out there in overtime. And I'm like, okay, again, like you just said, I'm like, okay, at least he's he's out there for the faceoff, and then they're gonna send after to see you out, and we're gonna be good. And when that didn't happen, and you got hemmed in your own end for like a minute, I'm like, dude, what? Why? What was? What was the decision making? I mean, unless, unless some, unless secretly, like there, he's he's coaching to lose. I see no benefit of having Luke Lindening out in overtime. I mean, yeah, you, you're right. Minus two, uh, minus two on the night. Um, I, I mean, I think you can't he might... even put a shot on that. Sixteen minutes of ice time. No, eighteen fifty of ice time. No Luke shots. Luke Lindening played eighteen minutes and fifty seconds. Yes, sir. Forty-six point two oh. faceoff percentage. So he's not even winning half his faceoffs. Blashill, you got to go. Blashill has to go. Get the, I'm not gonna blame. I'm not gonna in, run him out of town for one decision. In well, it, dude, in no way, shape, or form does Glenn Denning get to play 19 minutes on my team. I don't care. I don't care if I've got a guy on crutches. I'm not playing Glenn Denning more than 13 minutes a game. 
he he is what he is. He's a quote unquote defensive specialist. Well, now that I think about it, I take it back. They had a lot of defensive zone starts, so maybe it makes a lot of sense that he was playing. He played so much time because, they, I mean, I don't know if you watched that game, but Columbus dominated. Like, yeah, I watched. They I were watched the first and second the, period. The well, the third wasn't any better. They were. I, in, I don't imagine. Oh, I mean, I didn't really watch the first and second, but the third was awful. The third. I, I, I got to see Jimmy's uh, softest goal of 2018 already. Oh, just like nice. a meh, eh, oh, it scored. Whatever. I. Uh, yeah, I watched the third period, and they like Columbus had the puck the entire period. So like, oh, I yeah. get it if Glenn Denning starts in, in in the defensive zone, blah blah blah, and they were struggling to get it out. That makes sense to how he racked up that much ice time. But if this, if if he plays nineteen minutes again, there's a problem. Hey, you want to play mean, a there's game? There's a team problem. You want to play a fun game? Sure. I'm gonna give you four players ice times that are all lower than Luke Glenn Denning. I want to see if you can guess who they are. <laughs> Without looking at a stat sheet. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. Number one, player number one, 15 minutes and 41 seconds. Player number two, 17 minutes and 28 seconds. Okay. Player number three, 14 minutes and 29 seconds. And player number four, 14 minutes and 52 seconds. Let's see if you can guess who those four players are. Okay. So I think player one is Athanasiu. Close. It's Gus Nyquist. Okay. Fifteen forty-one. Okay. With two assists. Correct. Mind you. Yep. Uh, player two, seventeen twenty eight. Seventeen twenty eight. That's gotta be. That's gotta be Mantha. That's Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin played less than Luke Lindenning. Yes, he did. <laughs> I'm, okay, he also I'm played less game. than Joe Hicketts. He also played well, less defense, than Libor Sulak. Defensemen are that's defensemen. I mean, defensemen always eat more minutes. All right, player so. number three, fourteen twenty nine. I'm done with this game. <laughs> the last two players are Mantha and Athanasiu. Of course. Both had four, under 15 minutes of ice time. And Darren Helm also had 15.42, just a point of reference. Stop. Uh, oh, my God. Okay, that's Fun fine. fact for that's point fine. of reference. No, no, no. Darren Helm All had 15.42. The man, One of the two men who scored had 11.37. And that's Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, So. The, the reason I'm pointing all these out isn't just to randomly gossip. The reason I'm pointing all this out is because the five players I listed as players who we felt, and I'm speaking, sorry to speak for you, tell me if you disagree, the players who we felt probably deserve a little bit more ice time are the guys who are carrying this team. The first three players I listed, Nyquist, Larkin, and Bertuzzi, and Cholowski, if you want to add them into the conversation, are the only people on this whole team who put up any points, goals or assists, cut and dry. And yet, we're still comparing him to a guy like Glenn Denning or a guy like Helm, who are two of the only three minus players on this team, by the way, the other one being Trevor Daly, and they're getting more ice time. So the theory at this point, and again, I, I don't want to fall into the laps of beating a dead horse, but at this point, the theory has to be that either the concept is we're going to ride these players that aren't you know, necessary carries to try to get the worst possible result while looking like we're putting in a good effort. Because if you play a veteran, everybody's going to be like, well, that's the Red Wings way. Or, I mean, that's that's option one. If, and honestly, if that's the option, I'm okay with that. If they're saying, you know, if the philosophy is like, we know we got a couple of talented players, but we also know that we need to bide our time until we get rid of some of these older contracts, we can start getting some of these younger, better players in, and you're just trying to get draft picks, cool, I'm on board, fine, do it. But 
if it's the other theory which I'm putting forth, and the concept is just that Blashill just doesn't know how to manage his ice time, that's when I start having a problem. That's when I start needing to. Ch- I think I'm going to start monitoring the ice. We're I think we're going to play that game probably every week or every other week when we do our show, where it's like guess the ice time because if it's this much of a disparity where your two top scorers had one and two minutes less ice time, which is two to three less shifts than a guy who had no shots and a minus two with a sub 50% faceoff percentage who's bringing nothing to the table right now. That's, that's a problem. That's a problem that we need to be worried about going forward. Do you agree? I'm okay. I, I do agree, but now like again, I, that that's the thing. I don't want to say it's one game. Okay. It's one game where your team got thoroughly dominated. So obviously he's going to put his veterans out in the defensive zone as much as he can to um to to try and stop the bleeding, you know. Uh I'm sure Athanasiu and Larkin and Mantha and I'm sh- sure some of those guys got offensive zone starts, but they were very rare. Like they, I I very rare. So but if your problem with them as a coach is that they aren't defensive minded enough, when your game is two to two, go in the third period, and you're quote unquote being dominated, you should be riding them out there. They should be one hundred percent eating the minutes because if your fear is that they're not defensive enough, you need to make them defensive. And if you're not forcing them get to get these defensive starts, and you're relying on guys like Glendening, who forgive me, Glendening fans has no future with this team. Period. Cut and dry. Luke Glendening is not a long term solution to any problem at all. What are you doing? I uh, I'm dude. I'm not like I said. I'm not gonna argue. But I'm just giving you, I'm giving you a glimpse in, in into what is actually going on. That game was so bad, like so bad. They, it was a one goal loss. I, I don't was, care how bad the game flow is. You have to be better than that. That's the point I'm making. That's I don't what you need to do, do with these kids. Make them make that better. Well, they're not. But I mean, if so, okay. So then, if he puts them all, if he puts all the kids out in the defensive zone, that's a five to two game. Good. Then you need to oh, learn. Well, I don't. Okay, me and you are on the same page. We don't disagree with that. But remember, this team still thinks that they can squeeze into the playoffs. Remember, that's Kenny's mantra. Yeah, I hope that that's not true. I mean, I, I, it's okay. He's, uh, it's not gonna happen. I mean, they're not gonna make the playoffs. They're. No, I mean, I hope not, that that's not his mantra. I mean, oh no, it is. I mean, he still thinks that they have an outside chance. I'm sure. I mean, you know. Which is absolutely incredible. I mean, the the cornerstone of your franchise just died, and uh, and you... gave the opening face off, which was whoa. I watched. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, what a nice setup. I like that everybody was happy for him. But also, if you're like, I've never been a big Zetterberg fan. I like him as a player, but I've never been like that's my guy about him. But if you were a that's my guy about Zetterberg, that was that sucked. Oh like, yeah, that had to suck. Like because. It's like like when Datsuk disappeared, he was just gone and that was it. But Zetterberg <laughs> right. has to just like be there like, hey, here I am not playing. Bye, everybody. I'm going to go back to not playing and enjoying all of the money. But anyways, I'm sorry. I, I completely got us off track. Back to your point about players playing minutes. Sorry. All the money has already been paid, though. I mean, really, for the next three years, he's only owed $5 million. Yeah, I, know, I, know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's only owed more than both of us will ever make in our entire lifetimes. Well, I'm just, I mean, d- yeah, okay, I don't. All right, whatever. I'm only I'm saying, saying that is only. if you were a Zetterberg is my guy guy. 
I know yeah, a few no, people I, who were like, I, I I only say it because I the reaction again when I was at work watching the game because I watched it on Fox Sports Go. I was dual monitoring between Twitter for live reactions because that's that to me is I think a more interesting aspect to bring into our show is like get the live reaction from the fans because they're the ones who write these paychecks more or less. And, and they're the ones who listen to us for what it's worth. Um, but the live reaction when Zetterberg dropped the puck was like, man, this sucks. Like, I, don't, I wish I could just didn't have to see him, you know? And I, I was just like, Oh, that sucks for you. I'm sorry that your favorite players, you know, spine is made of hopes and dreams, but uh, you know, I mean, that's what it is. But like, I get where they're coming from. Like, if you were a big Zetterberg fan, and literally the year that he's unretiring, retiring, he comes out and drops a ceremonial first face off. Like, that's that's got to suck. Oh no, I mean, I I've never been. I'm much like you. I was always a I was always a Datsuk rather than Zetterberg because Datsuk had that insane creativity, and he's just. I want. I don't want to say he was a better player. He was just a more fun to watch player. Like Zetterberg does a lot of things right. Like he did a lot of things right, and he played the game the right way. Excellent at protecting the puck, and then of course you know the the penalty kill in 2008, the one where he single handedly won us the game. Or single-handedly killed off a five-on-three for a minute and a half, mm-hmm. but like Zetterberg, great player, no doubt. But he just he played at the same time that Datsuk did, and the flashiness just wasn't there from Zetterberg, you know. And mm-hmm. that's why, I mean, you know, most. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm not saying that this is bad or anything, but most of the Zetterberg Zetterberg's my guy are the females. No offense, you know, to any he is of our a listeners. Beautiful man. He is. He's a very handsome man, and that beard is to die for. Like God, I wish I could I, grow a beard like that. Yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, obviously, it's a heartfelt moment. It's you know sad for everybody involved. I'm glad I didn't have to watch it because I might have actually sparked a tear, you know. But it is what it is. So it's we also, move but on. it's also a slap in the face if you were like, if the if because okay, I should say this, the qualifying, the reason to me that I felt that those people felt that it was a slap in the face was because they're not really tuned into what's going on. So for them, finding out that he was not going to play ever again because of a back was was news. Like, it was brand new for them. They're like, oh, my God, Zetterberg's down. And the rest of us were like, yeah, I mean, his back's been made of, you know, balsa wood since 2009. Like, it's obvious that he's not going to play anytime soon. They were just like, so for them, it was like they were hoping that, there was a chance he'd be able to pull it off. And that, yeah. him walking out there in a suit, which, by the way, was also very dapper and well-fitting. Oh, so um, dapper. Oh, my God. I wish I could get a pant leg to fit around my calf like that. But uh, <laughs> that was, like, the ultimate, like, I'm never going to be here again. Puck. Like, anyways, I digress. Let's let's talk about a man who the Twitter reaction was nuts and I'm curious because I didn't really pay a lot of attention to him because I'm not a big fan of him. I'm assuming you probably saw more of him than I did. The response on Gus Nyquist is he's playing for a contract. What, do you see that coming from him? He, uh, like I said, I didn't watch the first or second period, but he, he, I mean, he played a lot better in in uh, third period and um, overtime as far as comparing what I saw in that game compared to his overall body of work for the past few years. He's looking like he's playing more possessed, which, you know, it at this point, it is what it is, whatever, you you know, whatever. And, you know, if you know, two assists, 
you'd like to see him score a goal, but I mean, you know, if he puts up if he puts up sixty points this year, it's gonna be it. it and some GM is going to get fooled, and then next year he's going to go back to being to make it to putting up forty points after he already gets paid after he gets the money. So you know, my hand is raised really quickly. Just go so ahead, you buddy. Know. Please, uh, Ken Holland's going to be that GM. I guarantee you, he resigns here. Four and I don't, a half million a year, five years. I don't. Call he's already right making four million a year. He's going to get okay five five for five. So you think that he's going to get a Tatar deal? Yep, one hundred percent. That's just because that's what this team does. That's that's a hundred percent what this team does. He's a homegrown talent. He's gonna put up like sixty five this year playing with Larkin, and Larkin will be like, "I like my line mate," and they'll be like, "Well, here's the Brinks. Let's do it." Because I, I I think Tatar was a bigger letdown in terms of points and in terms of production and in terms of like he was more apt to throw temper tantrums and be a little baby about it and you know pout on ice. It was visible when he was pouting, so I think he was more expendable or more easily expendable to a GM. But I think Nyquist, again, this is this is exactly like Datsuk versus Zetterberg in terms of the way that they deal with things. Tatar, I, speaking to Nyquist, I should say, he's a Swede, just like Zetterberg. So he's going to play the game right. He's going to be super even-keeled about it. And he's going to be very polite. And I think that that will earn him five at five. That's my belief. That's I think that's what this team, I think this team will view him as a pillar of the offense. And I think that they'll back up the brings for him. Because you had to that, remember Cromwell falls off next year, so that's well. That's actually, money. I was I was reading an article earlier. <laughs> I don't want to get. I'll, I'll touch on that, and I'll touch on the the actual contents of the article in a minute. Okay. But they're actually, if everybody who's expiring happens, including yeah. Nyquist, they've got eighteen point seven five available. Yeah. So, uh, okay, you sign Nyquist for a five by five. And he actually plays on the line that he's been he played on this year, and this is all hypothetical, folks. If 100%. he plays, if he plays next to Mantha and Larkin this entire season, and they just make crazy magic, you've got Mantha at sixty points, you've got Dylan Larkin at seventy five, and you've got Nyquist at sixty to sixty five. I have no problem paying him that contract if they continue to keep that line intact. However, at this point in the franchise's rebuilding stage, I think it would be smarter to off him for a first-round pick next year or maybe a second if he ha- starts having a good season and you are n- nowhere near the playoff race, that, which is what I think more is more likely to happen. But I really hope you're right. Uh, you know, I could see it happening, and, it, and I would be okay with it if that line actually clicks like they did in the first game. I hope you're right. I hope you're right in both cases, actually. So, I Um, mean... What were the contents of the article, though? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, So, this article read that uh, some... some, Okay, so somebody said that the Red Wings should sign Panarin in the offseason. Why? He wants to be not here. Or they should want to be here. They should make a pitch for him. Why? What's the pitch? Because we have young and upcoming talent. Oh, Okay. And him wanting to be on a cup contender. And the Red Wings could afford to offer him a max contract. That's true. They could, but he's not worth a max contract, in my opinion. Well, I mean, he's put up, no, maybe not a max max, but not like a McJesus contract, but like or a, Tavares. or, but like a, cause he's put, he's put up 70 or more points in every, every year 
every 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 season he's been in the league. Yeah, the yeah. first year was nutballs because Kane, but I think the, he made Kane better because Kane dropped off when he left. But go on. Well, well, they made each other better. That's what I'm saying. But Fair. even when he left Kane's side, he still put up 70 last year in Columbus. That's true. Yeah. So, um, so but, what? Eight, eight mil a year, nine mil a year. Eight mil, nine mil. Which I mean, you've got 18 coming off the books, and you've got fresh faces coming in. I mean, and you don't re-sign Nyquist. It might, and the, this is what the article, uh, man, it was on Twitter. I think it was Octopus Thrower or something. The people over there. Um, basically, I think they said that he could accelerate the rebuild, which kind of makes sense a little bit if you've got a superstar and you've got Dylan Larkin and you've got a really good, you know, core group of young players and more youth coming coming uh, coming up. You could focus uh, your draft picks on defense and maybe start rebuilding the defense that way. And I mean, I could see it, but I just thought that was insane. And I would I hadn't even thought of the Red Wings being in a position to sign anybody, but it is I what it is. Don't think they are, but. It's interesting. Okay, so let's wrap this show up by doing our uh, usual picks for the next two weeks because our next show will be recording and released on the 21st. Obviously, today is the October October the 7th. We are recording and releasing this before they play the Kings, so we will count the Kings in our predictions. We have seven games to call. Uh, it is uh, in order. I'll just read them while Justin pulls up the schedule. Uh, it is at LA Kings tonight at 10.30 p.m. on October 7th. Tomorrow on October 8th, they will be in Anaheim at 10 p.m. for a start time. On Thursday the 11th, they will be home against Toronto. Ooh, that's rough. Although, well, Toronto did just lose to Ottawa. <clears throat> um, Saturday the 13th, they will be visiting Boston for a 7 p.m. start time. Monday the 15th, they will be in Montreal for a 7.30 p.m. start time. Thursday the 18th, they will be in Tampa Bay for a 7.30 p.m. start time. And Saturday the 20th, they will be in Florida for a 7 p.m. start time. I'm going to say in order... Loss, overtime loss, win. I'm sorry, start again. Overtime loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, overtime loss. So, 0 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 Okay, um man, this is this is rough. I uh I don't it's hard to see any wins, but I think Montreal. I think no, dude, Montreal just dominated the Penguins. Yeah, the Penguins are old though now. Yeah, but I mean, Montreal also came really close in their for their home opener too, which was I forget who they played. But anyways, uh I want to say I want to say they can't they can beat they can possibly beat LA. Um, they're gonna lose to Anaheim because they. I mean, they don't. How? Do... There's no Corey Perry, no Ryan Kessler. Yeah, but they don't do well on back to backs. You're right. They usually win the second one. Fair enough. Uh, then agree to disagree. Um, okay. So you're going so, one and one. Yep. So one and one. The definite loss against Toronto. Uh, overtime loss to Boston. Uh, lost to Montreal. Definite loss to Tampa Bay, and I think they'll squeeze out a shootout win against Florida. Two four and one for you, and I'm two three and two. Okay, that's a fun prediction. <laughs> it's also kind of sad and sorry, but I mean, it's also the way of the world now. It's I was gonna say it's the way of the Red Wings. It's hard to. 
Hey, it's hard hey, to predict hockey town. It's hard to predict anything because they're so bad. Yeah, the best we can predict is for random luck wins, which is, I and think, those are all those are the for. those are the hardest to predict because, like, you know, you remember watching last year? They would have a game against a really good team where they just look really good and they'd pull out a win, and you're like, "Wow, what did we just watch?" And then they'd lose three games in a row. Yeah, you walk on Vegas, and then Vegas goes like eighteen and zero over the next three months. And then you're like, wait, what? And then they lose to Ottawa, and you're like, what is happening in this league? Yeah, I get it. I'm on board. I, I think uh, either way, it's basically the same concept, and uh, we'll be here to talk about it in the next two weeks. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, uh, as always, I ask you to subscribe to us on iTunes. And when I say us, I mean SRD Hockey, which is how you found this, and I hope you found this. And if you did find it, share it. If you're not into iTunes, you can check us out on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Facebook. We're everywhere. And I would love it if you would share, spread the word, help us out. You can follow the brand on Twitter at Sports Radio DET. Our sister show at STW underscore our show. Whoa, I'm just reading the copy without even reading it. Our show has a Twitter. It is at STW underscore SRD. I have a Twitter at JM Pinkham. Justin has a Twitter at GoalieManSRD. Check out our website at sportsradiodetroit.com. Thank you, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. This has been an SRD production.